Welcome back to the Steak and Bake Show with Cannabis Capital Growth Portfolio. I'm Jamie McMillan, and I'm glad that uh, we had a lot of listeners last week or a couple weeks ago in our first episode, and we're back again. And the show, of course, is called Steak and Bake, and that motto came to me because I really feel, uh, all us cannabis users out there, that if we're going to bake, if we do, uh, let's take a steak. Let's be owners of these companies. So the American cannabis revolution is underway, and last week we talked about some changes with management uh, in several companies and boards of directors um, in the initial phase of cannabis, there were founders that had great instincts, um, can make good products, but uh, maybe not always the best set for the business acumen of a cannabis uh, company, particularly in a growth stage. So this week, we're going to turn our attention away from that because that phase is sort of come and it's passing. And now there's great opportunities because we're going to talk about specific companies, but I'm going to give you a framework on how to do that. So let's get, let's get started. Uh, $45 billion estimated business in cannabis in the United States and sales uh, by probably 2024, something like that. So one thing I want to make clear and distinct is Americans um, have this sort of position or disposition, if you will, that something has to be done nationally, like a federal legalization. And I want to tell you something, and I think you probably know this already, is the progress we've seen is really the legalization process is going through the states. And if you think about it, it makes sense. Um, in a lot of ways, alcohol started like that. You know, other things that have come into the commerce of American history never really came from Washington. Uh, it came really from, you know, ge geographic areas in the state. So federalism, I'm going back to my law school days here, in the 10th Amendment, as we know, you know, powers not delegated to the United States government by the Constitution nor prohibited by the states are reserved to the states respectfully or the people. So how is it getting done? It's getting done through ballot initiatives. And we'll talk about Florida here in a minute. And it's getting done through legislation in some other states. So there are two different avenues to legalization. And at the rate we're going now, it wouldn't be inconceivable that in a year, every state will have some regimen of both medical and recreational. So you probably already know that if you follow cannabis stocks in particular, um, it's not something new to you. So let's do a quick lesson though, because I told you last week on the capital markets, when you're looking at individual stocks, the thing that you need to know is that many of these companies came public through Canada. So if I'm talking about a particular company and I give you a ticker and it has an F, it doesn't mean that the F makes it bad uh, to buy. It's not like we're back in school. F just simply means it trades over the counter, right? So the U.S. stock markets, the exchanges have certain requirements for listings. You probably know one or two that have been listed on New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. Organigram is OGI. Uh, Afria, Afria, if you will, is APHA. 
And then if you look at something that's over the counter, it'll typically have three symbols or four symbols and an F next to it. Again, doesn't mean it's a bad stock. It just means it has a different trading environment. It may be a little bit less liquid, but it doesn't take away from the growth opportunity. So don't let that uh, scare you from uh, buying those stocks on Robinhood or whatever platform you're using, uh, Schwab or TD. So now my point with legalization, the idea of centralization of marijuana is not something that I think that's going to happen really in some sort of grand formality. So I approach the markets. I want to kind of look at this legalization process from a perspective of a map, because you think about it to be investing in cannabis, right? You need to have some things there before you want to put your money to work, particularly in the state. You're going to have to have the legal framework, right? Is it recreational? Is it medical? Is it going from medical to recreational? Um, the second thing is you want to look at is the operator, the founder, the business, the management. Um, that's so critical to meeting expectations of shareholders. And we have examples of the cannabis industry where that hasn't happened and it's cost people money. So we want to focus on those treasure troves, if you will. And I'm going to talk about two sunny states that have great opportunities that you have to look at. And if you don't own this particular company I'm going to talk about, or you have something in the portfolio that you're looking to switch out, now's the time to kind of listen up. So having said that, talked about the legal framework and having a strong presence in the state. And most of all, we want to see that there's a huge customer base. And the first state I'm going to talk about is where we've all probably been. I grew up in Charlotte, by the way, so I know this state pretty well. It's a sunny state of Florida. And Florida is really just a model for how successful, particularly the medical cannabis industry has been there. And we'll go over some stats here real quickly, and this will impress you. Uh, currently, you got a state of about 20 million people. So from Key West all the way up to St. Augustine and uh, North Florida, if you will. Uh, 306,000 medical patients, according to the Marijuana Policy Project, that's as of January this year. Uh, that represents only 1.4% of the 21 million people in, for in Florida. Now, for perspective, I'm in Colorado. We have about 5 million people and 81,000 medical patients with cannabis cards. That's like 1.5% of our state population. But here's the thing. When Colorado really regenerated their recreational legal aspect, the recreational sales in the state skyrocketed. It makes sense because even though there's a, a benefit to the medical card holder for taxes and whatnot, you have to get a car, you have to go through a lot of process. So most of these states are going to lose medical patients, but they're not really losing them like in Colorado. They just shift over to being recreational. Um, you know, because people don't want to have anything maybe on the record or, you know, there's a particular illness they're dealing with and they don't want to have to disclose that. So a number of reasons, but here's the good thing. Our state, for example, increased the recreational market in Colorado, right? Legal marijuana sales. Uh, we sold, let's see, 66% of the total amount of flour sold and 86% 
of the edibles sold in the last statistic year we have in 2018 were recreational, right? So you can see the medical patient count has just reformulated into be a recreational user. And that doesn't even strip out the tourism. So what I'm setting up here for you to understand about Florida is with that patient count that they have currently, now we need to look to who is the best operator in the state, right? That we may want to be an owner in the company. And they do have a recreational ballot initiative being put together for 2022, I believe, for recreational adult sales. And no doubt that there's going to be some legislative attempts and things like that. So that's not a bad thing. I want to be there before that all happens, right? We want to buy those things when the crowd, so to speak, doesn't really know uh, about this story. So this is a company we own. It's not small. If you want to measure it by market cap, it's a $1.4 billion market cap. So it's very sizable. And I would say that they do probably 80% or more of the medical patient sales of the 300,000 people in Florida. And they are opening up locations left and right. So they have well over 50 locations. And the neat thing about this particular company is Kim Rivers, who is the CEO of this company, and I'll give it to you now, it's called True Leave Cannabis, is such an amazing person. I've heard her speak. She is a great operator. She has a legal background as an attorney. She really runs a very good ship. And her customers are raving fans of that dispensary. So kudos to management. And just looking at some of the fundamentals, I mean, we have a company here doing $100 million a quarter in sales. Uh, the multiple, because it's a profitable company, is eight and a half times trailing earnings, which is unheard of for a growth kind of stock. Um, and trades about 200,000 shares a day. So the float's pretty good. It has a lot of interest, but I'll tell you, I don't think the institutional investors are in this stock. And a lot of times is because it's still over the counter. It's not on an exchange yet. And for mutual funds and things like that, they require certain things before they can buy a stock, you know, in their index or portfolio. So this is a gem. This is a treasure trove. So pull out your map, mark the state of Florida. And like I said, this is the uniqueness of this story because it can only seemingly get better, right? As the state moves from medical to recreational some, at some point, uh, the customer base will expand. And one of my favorite investors of all time, when I was growing up in the business in the 80s was Peter Lynch. And he always had these quotes that were just great. But the one thing he said that I love, it says, big companies have small moves Small companies have big moves, right? So we're in an infancy stage of cannabis, say, a few years ago. Now we're moving to the adolescent stage as the industry is growing and reforming and being responsive to shareholders. So this literally, if you think about it, I mean, Chipotle was a small company, right? Started in Denver with one store. Um, Starbucks in Seattle, one location. So... These brands, in particular, like they're doing with TrueLeave, is that kind of loyalty and, I would say, consistent experience when they arrive at the dispensary or they get a digitally uh, served product. It, that's what people are looking for. So 
this is one that I think if you kind of lined up and did a sort of a risk reward kind of thing, which is what I do all the time, um, I would say that the risk is much less when you compare to the reward trade-off the stock could have for you. And again, when I'm talking about companies in this show, I know there's a lot of traders out there. There's a lot of people who do that, and that's fine. We're really uh, investors. I don't think cannabis necessarily is a place that you want to be a speculator or a trader. Um, and I won't get into that. There are plenty of newsletters and things that people follow. But I want to own a company for a cycle for a long period of three, four, five years. Heck, I, have, I hope I never have to sell the stock. You know, it's like buying Ch you know, Shopify at 400 or Chipotle when those uh, companies were down, you know, during the COVID crisis. Well, you could buy those stocks pretty cheap at that time and they could be up 100, 200, 400 percent. God, look at Tesla. And we really at our firm focus on letting our winners ride. So don't be so tempted when the stock, if it moves in the favor that you want, to get out of the position. I only leave a position when I know there's something better to buy. So this stock's about $12.75 a share. Like I said, the symbol is TCNNF, F meaning it's over the counter, right? We learned that. So I think if you're going to put a position in this in your portfolio, it makes sense. And here's the other thing. I know a lot of investors in cannabis have stocks that are down if you're not, you're not on the right planet because this is what's been happening. Um, a lot of people did tax loss selling last year. So let's say you have a portfolio of stocks. If you're down 50%, do you know how much you have to make to get back to even? The math's pretty simple, but it's 100%. So when you have something down and the whole group of the sector's down, a great thing to do is swap it. Yeah, swap it especially in a taxable account, you can preserve the loss. And if you can't use it as a tax loss that year, you can carry forward $3,000 every year against gains. And you can harvest that so you can use that later on. So it's a good time to trade up, as I call it. And particularly if you have something that's down, I mean, obviously it can't be down to being worthless. That doesn't make sense. But if you think that you have a better opportunity in this company, I would say this is a great trade up stock. So. Florida, I would talk about another company there that's located that's kind of following the same track, but not on the same scale as True Leaf. So right now, I would tell you to stick with that one. So let's turn our attention again. I love the map story because, like, I was a kid. I love looking for treasures, bottles, things in the, you know, in the woods at my granddad's house. So, you know, let's get out of let's go analog here. Let's not let's not get into the you know, the digital maps and all that. Just think about the states as you look at them at that simple math or map rather like you saw in sixth grade. And I'm going to tell you about another state that's doing really well. And it shouldn't be no surprise uh, because you've all been there. It's sunny and fun. And it's the city of Las Vegas and the state of Nevada. And Nevada has had a very successful rollout of cannabis. And it would make sense, right? The city of sin and vice to get this right. <laughs> so we have found, I think, a gem in Nevada. And Nevada is an interesting story because if you think about it, once you arrive there at McCarran Airport, what do you do? You're so excited to get the hotel. You want to get your dinner reservations. You want to find out where you can get some, you know, quickies for food and some, some drinks and things like that. 
And of course, probably half the people that arrive at McCarran are going to look for some what? Weed, some pot. So, you know, Vegas is about consistency, fun, and re repeating that experience is why people keep going back there. So I wanted to find a company that was a dominant player because there's a lot of fragmented dispensaries out there. And I found this company, you may know it, I call it P13, but the real name is Planet 13. And this is a great success story. This is a very different model. This is a superstore model. It has, you know, over 25,000 square feet or so. It is minutes from the airport. And I'll tell you, every cab operator at McCarran knows where Planet 13 is. Because you walk in this place and there are thousands of different cannabis form factors, drinks, flour, edibles, whatever. So, so many SKUs. Um, they have a coffee shop. They're doing, you know, some pizza experience and they're looking into kind of entertainment, things like that. And it's, it's just a fantastic repeating model because you look at the stats every month of this company and they have over a thousand visitors, maybe a day. Uh, their average ticket is over $120 of per person. So it's a lot of big wallet share. In fact, Planet 13 has at least 10% of the Nevada sales. So if I was there and when I go back to Vegas, that's the place that I would go to first. Now, here's a great thing about this too, is the founders are also part of the company, but these guys and these girls who run the company are great management. They're so astute. They realize that this model works. And as opposed to saturating their area around, you know, the strip or anything of building another place, they want another one that's a nouveau sort of thing in a different place. So the bonus to Planet 13 is they have negotiated a new deal to buy and the land and they're in construction now for another super mega store. And that one is in a place where there are 3 million people on the coast of Southern California. And I've lived there before it's Newport beach. And this is being built right across the freeway in Santa Ana, which is very close. And also it's about 15 minutes from the airport and the management came in first made a you know, an offer to the person who had the license and the land. Uh, they came back and decided that they would not, uh, you know, re, re, renegotiate the offer. And, and then sort of, you know, a crisis moment that we've seen come in where a lot of folks are wanting to unload property or other things. And anyway, long story short, not to go on that, but they actually got a better deal worth a little bit less in terms of what they paid in the millions for this piece of property. And I think it's going to do really well. And so that's a nice compliment um, to a great stock. It's about a buck and a half a share. Um, I don't think there's a problem with the company coming back and do a secondary or trying to dilute the stock. Um, I think they're going to have access to capital because they have the sales. They have the runway for the growth. And again, I think P13 is a winner. Okay. So that's the... Uh, that's the first two states, I think. And I have others we'll talk about in next episodes. But if you're going to make a stake in one of these areas and you want some sort of comfort as far as the fundamentals, the growth story, the brand, uh, truly even Florida and Planet 13 in uh, Nevada and Las Vegas is something you should consider for portfolio. 
again, you got to remember, we're putting together 13 to 15 stocks in our portfolio, maybe sometimes 16 or 17. And so these are just, again, the little treasure nuggets you're putting together to kind of build out a more expansive, diversified portfolio. So do not put your life savings ever into one company um, and certainly not in this industry. So um, take your time with it. Do a little research. Remember, these recommendations are simply me discussing our portfolio. Obviously, I'm talking my book. So, you know, uh, I have an interest in the stock for our clients. But at the same time, you should do your own research. You should talk to your broker. You should be talking to your advisor. And frankly, if you don't have that kind of relationship with someone, you can always go to us at CannabisCapitalGrowth.com or, and shoot us an email or give me a call. And I'd be happy to talk about your portfolio and the way we do it uh, here as well, if that's of interest to you. But that's all there is today. So I'm going to take us uh, a little bit of a bake and roll myself up a fatty. And next week, we'll be diving into yet another state that is really executing and sales are very strong. And I haven't spent a lot of time in this great state, but I definitely want to go back or have the chance to go rather. And all you uh, Illini fans out there know what I'm talking about. It's Illinois. And Illinois is having a great launch as they've passed recreational marijuana. So stay tuned for the next episode. I'm here to make sure you have a steak when you bake. My name is Jamie McMillan, investment advisor for the Cannabis Capital Growth Portfolio. Have a great day.